you're listening to Garden Planet with Selena and Karen. And Hello. Today, well this season we're getting into the season because it's all about planting and getting our crops ready. Well it is the season of growth yes. after all, springtime. So what better, um, so that's kind of going to be our theme uh, for the next couple of uh, sessions. And today's plant or plant not plant of the week plant of the show that's me drumming the humble spud potato (laughs) (laughs) i call them potatoes okay so um well i am half english well technically 37 percent according to my dna results interesting yeah um, so that's a bumper crop. This bud, this um, these episodes. Thirty-seven uh, percent English and I think twelve percent Irish. So definitely a spud lover. Um, so we're going to talk a bit about the history of the potato and uh, how to grow it yeah. because now is a good time to get it in the ground. So let's get started. So potato plants are herbaceous perennials. Perennials meaning... Uh, They come back every year. Yeah. Yeah. So technically, if you left them in the ground and maybe didn't harvest all of them, you could just kind of have a crop that just kind of goes. It might move Mm. depending on where the the roots go. But um, yeah, you could just leave it there forever if you want, if you had the space and just sort of work with it. They grow about the actual above ground, the herbaceous part grows about 60 centimetres high. Mm-hmm. So like the tomato, the potato is a nightshade and the vegetative and fruiting parts of the potato contain the toxin solanine or solanine. Anyway, it's dangerous, just to let you know. Oh, okay. So don't eat those parts. So... Um, the normal potato, they call them tubers. Okay, is that what we eat, the tuber? Mm -hmm. Okay, just to be clear on that. So that's different from the root of the... I've never really... All I've ever done is chuck potatoes in the ground, Mm. watch them, you know, grow, and then dig them out. I've never really looked too closely other than the potato, the tuber. It's terrible. So and I call myself a gardener. Swollen so, yeah. root. I wonder if are they connected by a little? Have you mostly? ever looked that? Close? I've just gone. <laughs> I'm just oh, oh, potato, potato, potato. Put it in the bucket. Yeah, yeah. I've got. Hold on. <laughs> so normal potato tubers have been grown and stored properly. Um, they will produce glyco glyco alkaloids in amounts small enough to be. Neg- negligibly dangerous to human health. That is the green section mm-hmm. you see. So it's important not to um, so the leaves eat green gems. potatoes because there's an, a small amount oh. of that glyco alkaloid in yeah. there. So and that's if they're exposed to light. So if you have a little potato creeping up through the soil and it's exposed to the sunlight, it turns green. Sounds like a vampire plant. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there you go. So just a little uh, safety thing there. 
The uh, actual flowers are white, pink, red, blue or purple with yellow stamens. And in general, the tubers of varieties with the white flowers have white skins, while those of varieties with coloured flowers tend to have pinkish skins. Which oh. is why I only ever really thought of potato flowers. They never seem to last very long, and then we're digging them up anyway mm. um, at that point. But they've always been white, because I've never really grown any other coloured potato. No. But I know they exist. Yeah. There's um, even purple potatoes. Yep. The mouldy potatoes, a lot of them are purple. And then there's, yeah, the, the yellow ones. So, yeah. Come in all different colours. So, the, um, that, that was interesting. The flowers kind of reflect yeah, the, re- yeah. the potato. Did you know that? Um, I kind of suspected. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so, potatoes are mostly cross pollinated by insects. Though a substantial amount of self-fertilising occurs as well. So that's that. Uh, you meaning bees here, Karen? Yep. Yep. Those fertilising type pollinating um, insects. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after flowering, the uh, potato plants produce small green fruits that resemble green cherry tomatoes, each containing about 300 seeds. Have you ever seen that? Um, no, actually, because we usually harvest everything before that happens. And those get binned, mm. usually. I've never really looked at them closely, but they do. Interesting. Yeah, they, they have a fruit. Um, yeah. I guess, because uh, you said it was from the nightshade family, and I have seen nightshade plants, and they have a very sort of berry-like fruit on yeah, them. Yeah, they do. So I imagine they're kind of like that. Yeah. And all parts of the plant, except the tubers, which is the uh, part we like to eat, they contain um, that solanine toxin. So, yeah. So, anyway, a little bit of history, unless you wanted to add anything more to my uh, description there. No, go ahead. The potato was first domesticated in... Where do you reckon it would have been first domesticated? Have a guess. Is it South America? Yes. Ole. Oh, my goodness. You should go on the chase. <laughs> You'd be amazing. Yeah. Between 8,000 and 5,000 BC. It spread around the world, becoming a staple crop in many countries, particularly Europe. Mm-hmm. Okay. However, lack of genetic diversity due to the very limited varieties initially introduced left the crop vulnerable to disease and in 1845, the plant disease late blight spread rapidly through the poorer communities of Ireland and parts of Scotland, resulting in major crop failures that culminated in the Great Irish Famine. That's terrible. Um, And that actually impacted my Irish family. Yeah, they they had to leave the country because they were hungry. Did did they come to New Zealand first or did they? Uh, They went to London first. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, some moved over here on a boat called the Wild Duck. Really? (laughs) Oh, my God. In 1835, around that time. Yeah. So, yeah. So that did. It impacted my family history there a bit, that famine. 
Today, following a millennia of selective breeding, there are now over 5,000 different types of potatoes. 5,000! 5,000. Over 99% of presently cultivated potatoes worldwide descended from varieties that originated in the lowlands of Chile. So that's that's interesting. Mm. Because I always thought Europe, Europe... Potato, yes. always, yeah, I never, I had it, yeah. No, uh, they never had potatoes before that. They relied on, what, wheat and barley and all that. Okay. Then, yeah, yeah imagine not having um, I can't. a side of Did potatoes. Did you have potato for dinner last night? Actually, no. Well, your, your family probably does more Asian-style cooking. At the your rice. Mum, and your mum <laughs> likes to be in charge of the <laughs> exactly. kitchen. But, um, yeah, we had potato last night. Yeah. Yum. Definitely. Most, yeah. most nights. Mm. Yeah. And it's easy to feed kids. I'm a potato fan. Yeah. 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 And um, the good thing about potatoes is it stores well. It's a, you know. Yeah. yeah. And also, um, they go so well with hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> and steak and eggs and just yeah so many and things fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course <laughs> so one um oh there are also several genetically modified varieties of potato oh, of course really? one such genetically modified variety named new leaf owned by monsanto incorporates genes from a potato variety which confers resistance to the Colorado potato beetle. I think that beetle caused a lot of havoc at one point in the States. Oh, Um, Yeah, to crops and stuff. Uh, Interesting to note is a number of companies, including McDonald's, Burger King and Procter & Gamble, refuse to use genetically modified potatoes, which is cool. Oh, good on them. As much as I don't, I think... You know, they mean well in terms of not, you know, a wanting crop success. I just think bigger picture, not yeah. ideal. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to get into the whole GM debate now. We could be here for a while otherwise. And I haven't done enough research anyway mm-hmm. on it. But, um, yeah. Um, then the company BASF developed the Amflora potato, which was modified to produce starch consisting almost entirely of amylopectin and thereby is more useful for the starch industry. So I always think potato crops, uh, you know, chips. Yes. <laughs> well, there must be another food that must be used potatoes. Potato flour, I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, no, they use, they grow a lot of potatoes, especially the ones that have that amylopectin, to create starch products. Um so they use like these in the starch industry, I suppose. Um, I would say I'm, I'm not to that familiar with this. Th- yeah, industry. it's quite a large industry. Well, so what would they make with it? Like I did write it down somewhere, oh. but I can't find it. But maybe you can quickly Google that now. I'll, I will when you're talking, and then I'll come back to <laughs> okay. it. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I think starches are used a lot in. Um, I was going to say tactile industry, but, yeah. Is it for paper or things like that? No? 
I'm thinking, I, I did this research last week, so it's not fresh in my brain, but I'm thinking maybe the diet, synthetic dyes or something like that. I'm going to, I'll follow that okay. up. Okay, I promise. I'll come back to that. It's quite interesting though. You don't really think about things like that. Mm. Um, I think they use it as a product to create other products as well, like as part of reactions as well, like starch is used. Yeah, as okay. a byproduct to create. So the food crop side of things... The importance of the potato as a food source is changing globally. However, it remains an essential crop in Europe where per capita production is still the highest in the world. While the most rapid expansion in production over the past few decades has actually occurred in Asia and China. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Leading the world in overall production as of 2018 with 27%. So... Yeah, the Asians seem to be um, latching on to the old spud. Mm. And why not? Because a raw potato is 79% water, 17% carbohydrates, 2% protein, and contains negligible fat. But not after it's been in the deep fryer. It is a rich source of vitamin B6 and vitamin C. However, that is completely lost when it's baked. Oh. All right? So, well, not completely, but noticeably declined. So, please don't <laughs> go. <laughs> I mean, unless you eat it raw. I don't Have you eaten raw potato? Actually, no. Because that, it's, it's not technically toxic, according to my oh, research. Is it? It's sort of like apple, if you just... Uh, well, interestingly, that French call it the pomme de terre, which means apple of the earth. <gasps> That's how you say potato mm, in French. True. Okay. I, that, I had that, that was my idea for my um, introduction because I talked about apples not so long ago and then oh. today I was going to go, oh, but today it's a different sort of pomme because pomme, P-O-M-L-E, yes. is... Well, I was going to say you were English, well, part English and you're a palm, so. <laughs> then I was like, how do I tie yeah. that in with uh, a <laughs> topic? A uh, fancy English lady yes. that knows how to speak a little bit of French. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, yeah, that's just a little bit of history there, oh. um, unless you had anything to add. No, that's wonderful. I just want to add, yeah, it's a Māori um, before Europeans came, yeah, they had the kumara, but of course it's a warm climate crop. Yeah. So when the potatoes arrived, they were like, yeah. Yeah, they, they really <laughs> latched on and they, um, it was a used as a, a lot of bartering yes. was involved with the potato. Um, we'll so, give you some good uh, yeah. seed potatoes here if you give us 200 hectares of it's land. Exactly. So, yeah, the very land under your feet may have been potatoes. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so that's that. So those of you that are, I think, yep, it's definitely, you could have started planting maybe last month as well. I'm pretty sure I saw a whole bunch of potatoes down at the community garden growing. Yep, they've been put in, Karen. But I think we're going to do the old, um, what do you call it, uh, Crop rotation? No, um, the word is uh, stag, staggered planting. So we're going to have, um, so we've done early crops and I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And then um, we're going to just continually sort of plant the potatoes because we're all big 
potato fans yes. down at the community garden. Oh, so yes. I always make sure I turn up to those days <laughs> when it's harvesting potatoes. Yes, <laughs> see how many we can harvest. Um, we, so we usually do all right. Counting them. Yeah. Um, so are we going to talk about growing them that So September size? through to December mm-hmm. is a time to pop them in the ground. Select a certified seed potato variety at least a month before planting to enable them to sprout. Mm-hmm. So a bit of forward thinking, but it's all good. You've still got time. To sprout, remove them from the bag and place in trays in a dry, airy spot away from direct sunlight until the sprouts are about two to four centimetres long. Now, what I mean by sprouts are those little things that come off the seed potato, green, in case people are thinking, what's she on about? That's what you're looking for. Make And so while this is happening, make long furrows in the soil, approximately 30 centimetres apart. And for larger varieties, 40 centimetres apart. So furrows meaning... Little lines. Rows. Okay? Prepare your soil with organic matter such as compost and sheet pellets. Do you use anything else? Um, We have been putting in comfrey leaves in the bottom of the trenches or the furrows. um, That that always does well. Give them a boost. Yeah. Then, uh, yep, so and then on top of your organic matter, put a layer of soil, just plain old soil, mm-hmm. and then on top of this, you are going, or into this, you're going to plant your seed potatoes approximately 30 centimetres apart along your furrow. And then you will cover up to about 50 millimetres, f- five centimetres, yeah. Five centimetres of soil on top of that, which is about half a hand. Mm-hmm. Half yeah. a hand's I sort high. of go by, I, yeah, I don't take my measuring tape out and go. Yeah, I just sort of go, <laughs> oh, yeah, my yeah. hand's about 10 centimetres. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then water well. And when watering, water the soil but not the foliage. This is when um, your foliage comes out to avoid blight. Yeah. So that could be why in Ireland and Scotland over that time they get a lot of rain there. Maybe very that's rainy, what yeah. Started the whole. It's mm. very damp over there and cooler, so yeah, the humidity is quite high. And they've obviously sorted it out because I haven't heard of any major crop failures for a very long time. I mean, mm. there's always going to be times when your crops don't do great, but they've obviously got other varieties in Maybe that have that resistance to certain funguses. They and could be varying their diet as well. Yeah. But well, I think that's happened globally. I mean, mm. the kind of foods I eat now are a lot different to what I grew up on, which was <laughs> three <laughs> three veggies and yeah. meat yeah. and pear coming from South Africa, three, three meats. Three and, meats? Oh, <laughs> and <God>. veggies. <laughs> well, they're little new foods. That's disgusting like, how much meat South Africans eat. What's couscous well, and quinoa and all those sorts of yeah, things? I've got all these things <laughs> in my cupboard that are just like, would have been completely foreign. And I don't think we would have been able to get them down at the local Te Aumuru Woolworths. Oh, uh, yeah. So no Chinese groceries If you couscous, they would have gone... <laughs> The rice and those little Uncle Toby packets. <laughs> well, we'll just have a huge sack of rice and then we'll go, 
What are those little packets of yeah, rice? what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> That's just breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, so Mound Beach, this is an important step. This is step eight, okay? There's 13 steps, oh, so hang oh, in there. Okay. Mound your potatoes as the shoots grow. Yeah. Okay? Until they're approximately 30 centimetres tall. And this will protect them from wind and frost. Frost if you're in the cooler climates. I don't think we'll have a problem here in Auckland with that. Um, and also prevents the light reaching tubers and turning them green. We do not want that. And it encourages tuber development. So, Karen, just question. By mm-hmm. the mounding, would you just um, move the soil and matter Sometimes, around? yeah, I do that. And sometimes I might just go and fetch some more soil if they're really going nuts from somewhere. Okay. What if yes. you planted them already in a mound? Like you already had the mounds, like, sort of... Pre-prepared. Yeah. I don't know. I've had... People um, do that? A lot of growers do that. Is it yeah. the easier method instead oh, of... Oh, and then just kind of, you know, yeah. ...building up. So okay. Well, you, you could, could do, do that. that way. I mean, there's several different ways yeah. of growing Yeah, you potatoes. can even grow them in containers. Yep. Which is another way of doing it. I prefer to have mine. I've always had better crops when I've got room to. Mm. Yeah. They do take up a lot of room, so give them plenty so of space. So if, if you do not have much room but you'd like to have your own homegrown potatoes, yes, you can grow them in pota- um, containers. I've mentioned it a little bit here. Um, yep, step 10 actually. Uh, all techniques apply bar the furrows. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just make sure there are plenty of drainage holes in your container as the sprouts grow. And just keep adding mix mm. up top to, until it reaches the brim of the container. Yeah. You harvest your potatoes when the flowers are fully opened, approximately three months after planting. Does that sound about right to you? Yep. And... Late cropping varieties are ready when the foliage dies off. What would a late cropping variety be here? Would that be maybe December? Yeah. Yeah? After Christmas. Yeah. Okay, so if you plant them a late cropping variety around December, then you would you, you'd still get flowers? I don't know. Yeah? Um, and then you, did, well, the, you have to wait until they die, and then you harvest them. It's a bit different. Storage. If you can easily rub off the potato skin with your thumb, the variety of potato is not good for storing. Just a little fun fact there. Oh, okay. Earlier varieties are generally unsuitable for storing, which is fine because I'll probably be probably eating them eat all. them straight away. Yeah. Yeah. And they're so nice. You don't even have to fry them. You can just steam them and just put mm. a little bit of butter on and they're just beautiful. I love... Um, the early yep. variety ones, the first ones that come out. So yummy. They've almost got like a sweet taste to them, eh? Yeah. Yum. So, yeah, eat those first, and then as soon as the potatoes have been dug, may, uh, store them in a cool, dark, well-ventilated position. Um, carefully stored potatoes should last for up to six months. Yep. Um, and also just if, if you maybe dig them up and it's like happens to be a rainy day and they're all muddy... Which can happen, mm. especially if you've got set days where you do things and you just, yeah, yeah, you've got a busy schedule. You have to be sure to dry them off because if they are damp in the cupboard. Oh, they'll get moldy. Yeah, they go all squishy and yuck. <laughs> Tip number 13, don't plant potatoes in the same place each year. Avoid planting them also where tomatoes have been planted before. 
the season before. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just to do with reducing the spread of diseases that yeah. are linked to yeah. these plants. So um, it also gives a chance for if there was <coughs> or did happen to be a disease or even some bugs that you didn't know about maybe, it just gives it enough time to die off. To recover, yeah. Aren't yeah. they the same family, potatoes and tomatoes? Interestingly enough, yes. So they would be competing for the same nutrients. Oh, that's, as that's well. right. So yes. That's yes. probably another reason why. Yeah. Um, oh, the good thing about potatoes is they, they're a crop that's good for breaking up soil. So uh, just to get that soil all nice and loose afterwards after you've harvested them. Yeah. And then you can grow um, the other crops that you want to have that nice loose soil in after yeah. them. So you don't, um, they do the, cool. the work for you, yeah. kind of. There's a few plants I've heard that do it. I think radishes, are they another yep. one that yep. do it? So they um, break up the soil. So. Yeah. So that's my study on uh, the potato. Lovely. Do you have any certain favourite varieties of potatoes? I really like Agria. That would probably yes, be that's my, my number fave. one. Yeah, I really it's a like that. One. Um, and I, what's the one uh, with the the quite firm sort of white flesh that the are really nice? Jersey beanie. No. No. Rua. Keep going. Desiree. I've just got a little list here. Yeah, can here. you just keep... Re- yeah, keep going. <laughs> Rocket. <laughs> Might have been the Rua one. Yeah, carry on anyway. Um, oh, there's mouldy potatoes too. There's actually one called the dog turd one. Oh. It looks like... Oh, does it? <laughs> uh, Yum! Tuatai Kuri. <laughs> um, yeah, and they, they've also got purple varieties, but... More for the unusual look in your potatoes. Um, check those out. Yeah. I wonder if they sell those down at the local um, plant retailers. Um, Probably. You have to have a look. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, I just did a quick um, search on starch in the uh, industrial applications. Yes. What's it used for? Uh, starch is used in many industrial applications as viscosifiers. That's a... <laughs> I remember this from chemistry. It makes things thicker, obviously, okay, viscous. Yeah. Emulsifiers. Oh. That um, spreads things apart. And oil. Yeah. Yeah. Defoaming agents, encapsulation. So maybe that's those starchy things they put around capsules. Yeah. And uh, sizing agents. That so could be in your skin cream or something. Yeah, starches are valued for their ability to impart textural characteristics and provide gelling or film formation. So maybe. Interesting. Hmm. Potatoes. Wonderful world of potatoes. Hey, Karen, uh, you had a recipe there. We've got a little bit of time to share this, um, so that's cool. Um, And it came to mind because in my garden, I know this isn't everyone's cup of tea, but I've got nettle growing but it is in a corner surrounded oh. by brick walls so um, and oh, then a okay. driveway so it's not really gonna uh, yeah go yep. too far um so yeah so nettle okay so the reason this is a nettle soup and it was provided by julia i'm a big fan of julia from julia's edible weeds She's, she lives in tauranga okay 
and she's super oh. cool. I've met her, and she's got some really cool stuff on her website, and I got it from there. So check her out. Nettles are highly valued by herbalists for their healing properties. Um, yes, they do sting. It's weird. Like every time my son has friends over or people seem to come over that are not really mindful of plants, mm. they seem to end up in the nettle. <laughs> there seems to be, you know, like you know, ping pong balls them. end up in there or skateboards or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's so funny. And they're like, ah! But anyway, just be careful around it. But grow it nonetheless. It's really good. So really easy recipe. You need four large handfuls of nettle tops. Use gloves. One large onion, two potatoes, yes. one litre of vegetable stock, one, tablespo- one tablespoon of cream fresh or yoghurt, seasoning. You can use nutmeg, salt, pepper, anything like that. Okay, so here's what you do. You strip the nettles from the thicker stalks and wash. Melt the butter. Oh, did I even say butter there? I don't remember. Anyway, we'll melt some butter. Chucks, and you can't go wrong with butter mm-hmm. and soup. And simmer the chopped onion until translucent. Add the nettles and chopped potatoes. Cook for two to three minutes. Add the stock. Simmer for 20 minutes using a wooden spoon. And then you need to crush the potatoes. That's the favourite part. Yep. Then you add the seasoning and the cream fresh. And if you prefer a smoother soup, you can always liquidise before serving. And voila. Wow. Um, Karen, so... That's the picture of it. It's very green. The nettles will, like, not hurt your tongue once they're cooked. No, no. Once they've, yeah, wilted. They don't hurt all. Uh, Yeah. So really good. Nettles are a powerful blood cleansing and blood building plant, rich in iron and are beneficial for anemia and other blood disorders. Also a powerful preventative, and I've heard this, of rheumatism. Sounds delicious and healthy, Karen. Well, that's all we've got time for. So thank you for listening, everyone, and happy gardening. Bye.